Hello, everybody, and welcome to this. Um, <laughs> Sat again. Hello, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to this webinar with Sellerfield. I was going to call it a Sellerfield webinar. Um, after the huge success of the webinar last year, we've decided to hold another. We will start with Lauren and Molly, and then move on to the grads Alfie, Iona, and Alex. Molly and Lauren look after all things early careers at Sellerfield. Um, so, for example, the recruitment process and the graduate program. So, before you start and after you start. Um, so Molly, we're going to jump straight in and start with you. Um, so could you tell the audience a little bit more about you um, and your role at Sellafield? Yeah, so my name is Molly and I work in the early careers recruitment team at Sellafield. So we are responsible for filling the roles of graduates, students and apprentices in the company. Yeah. Um, we are the first people to see your application when you apply for our graduate or student programmes and we then guide your application all the way through until the end and then we'll be the ones that will make you a conditional offer of employment. We'll then guide you through the pre-employment checks um, and prior to your starting we will pass you over to Lauren's team where they will then look after your start week and all that kind of thing. Perfect so Lauren is the person that you're going to meet you know when you, if you are successful the whole assessment center process application process and lauren is and molly is going to give us some hints and tips as well um all about um how you can be successful when you put your applications in so watch this space you know molly is going to give you lots and lots of um exciting hints and tips a little, a little bit later on as part of the webinar so thank you very much for, for joining us today molly um lauren on to you. So you're more involved in when the, the graduates um, and interns, placement students start. So can you tell us a little bit more about your role, what you do um, and how you um, speak to the students as well? Yeah, no problem. Hi, everyone. Um, so my name's Lauren. I work in the uh, graduate team at Sellafield. So my role is the graduate development lead. Uh, where So I'm responsible for the, the design, delivery and oversight of the two-year graduate programme. So after you've been through the recruitment process with Molly and her team, you hand, they hand you over to us and we look, look after you whilst you're on the, on the graduate scheme at Sellafield. I sit in a wider team called the Education and Skills Delivery Team, where, where we look after all apprentices, graduates and students at Sellafield. So I'm part of that team with a focus on grads, but you are, are also part of a wider early careers community at Sellafield when you're coming in our graduate scheme. Um, so yeah, I'm look, look, I'm look after you whilst you're here um, and, and make sure that the graduate scheme is everything you need and want it to be. Perfect. I'm sure it will be. So we're in really good hands today. So we'll hear all about the process from Molly and Lauren. Um, Lauren, I'm going to stay with you um, just to learn a little bit more about Sellafield. So I know as a company you're evolving um, quickly, you know, the nuclear industry is, is changing um, on, a, on a yearly basis, if not sooner than that. So can you just give everybody a bit of an overview to, to you as a, a company and um, the future goals that you might have in place? Yeah, no problem. Um, so Sellafield Limited forms part of the NDA group. Uh, our main site is up in West Cumbria. Uh, we also have offices down in the Warrington area, but our primary, primary site sorry, is, is up in, in West Cumbria on the West yeah. Coast. Our purpose at a high level is to create a clean and safe environment for future generations. That's why we all get up in the morning and come to work and we all contribute to that mission regardless of where you're at in the organisation. Yeah. At a high level, we're responsible for mitigating a major national um, risk 
uh, on the Sellafield site, which basically means we are um, it's a kind of high hazard risk reduction, and that is our number one priority. We are going through, as you said, a bit of a, a, a transitional phase at the moment, um, where over the next three to five years, our activities are moving more, more from reprocessing through to retrievals, processing and storage of, of, of the of the risk and, and the waste on, on Sellafield site. Um, we've got a load of information online about this that you can find through the DocGov website. You, you can find our enterprise strategy, which outlines our, our goals for the next three to five years and actually up to 2040. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's loads of information out there that I would definitely recommend people familiarising themselves with. Um, but kind of everyone, um, our purpose to reiterate is to create a clean and safe environment for future generations. Yeah, definitely. And I know you've got future, you know, so many future plans, which I'm sure students and graduates who are watching said that, you know, want to be involved in. And so Lauren, as, as part of your job, I'm staying with you just for one more question. I bet when you, um, you know, that you meet the students, you meet a lot of students as part of your, your role there. Um, I bet you come across a lot of, you know, myths, misconceptions about Sellafield and the nuclear industry. You know, now is your chance to kind of quash those misconceptions those myths is there anything that you want to cover off um, as part of this webinar yeah i think probably the main one uh, that we hear quite often it more cellar field specific than nuclear industry yeah. specific is that we're closing down people hear this word decommissioning and think yeah, yeah oh, the site's closing down yes we are going through a into a new phase and um, going into decommissioning and more focus on um, high hazard reduction as I mentioned earlier but we do have a hundred year mission it's it, the site isn't closing down it's um, we, as I say the enterprise strategy that we've got at the moment sets out the kind of near term um, up to 2040 um, but there is a hundred year mission post uh, kind of after after the enterprise yeah. strategy too so um you know that would be my biggest thing is it, it just because we're going into decommissioning doesn't mean to say the site's shutting down there's a lot of work still to do on the Sellafield mm. site so I think that that from a kind of a, a Sellafield specific perspective but also from a graduate scheme perspective that we only recruit STEM disciplines we don't we've got a, a, an array of different disciplines that we create onto our graduate program and um, primarily we do have STEM disciplines but there are others that form part of more of our functional areas our safety areas so that there really is a, a vast array of jobs available at Sellafield and it isn't just your, your typical uh, STEM engineering type subject it, it is much bigger than that. Perfect. And thank you very much, Lauren. I know you've got lots and lots of opportunities that you can apply for now on GradCracker. So students, make sure you obviously watch this webinar, listen to the grads who are going to be speaking in just one second, listen to the hints and tips from Molly a little bit later on and apply to the positions. Um, so now I am going to hand over to Sophie, who's going to meet the grads who all found their roles on GradCracker over the last couple of years. And um, mm. they've sat there and watched the webinar last year. Um, so Sophie over to you let's meet everybody no problem thanks Carla so um, I'm going to come over to Alfie Greg Iona and Alex now um, and just a question for all of you to get us started so everyone can start to get to know you um, what did you study and where did you go to university so um, Alfie starting with you yeah so I studied at Birmingham City University for both my undergraduate and master's degrees uh, I did those in property development and planning, and then construction project management, respectively. Fantastic, thank you, Alfie. Um, Iona, next to you. Um, yeah, I studied maths at the University of Warwick. Brilliant, Greg. 
Hi guys, yeah, I studied for mechanical engineering. I done an integrated master's at Heriot Watt, which is in Edinburgh, if you don't know. Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> um, and Alex, finally you, um, where did you uh, go and what did you study? Hiya, I'm Alex. Um, I studied civil and structural engineering at the University of Sheffield. Um, and I actually had an industrial placement year as well after third year while I worked at Sellafield for the year. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Um, thank you so much, everybody. I think what I found really interesting when we were kind of doing the prep for all of this and looking at the disciplines that you'd all studied, there is a range there. You know, we've got mechanical, we've got maths, we've got civil, we've got property and planning. Um, and I think that goes back to what Lauren kind of mentioned just before about the range of roles and the range of disciplines um, that can be recruited at Sellafield. So I thought that was a really interesting start. Um, I think that's where we're going to go back to, isn't it, Surf? So um, mm. I think we've, we've skipped, skipped forward a little bit. I think we're going to go back um, and speak to that's why your face up is a bit like, right, is this my bit now? Um, so <laughs> we're going to um, break, break the ice a little bit more and just come, come and speak to the grads about a top fact um, about Sellafield. Um, I mean, these are really interesting. So looking forward to hearing these again. But <laughs> Molly, we're going to start with you with your, with your top fact, please. Yep, so my top fact about Sellafield is that the Sellafield site up in Cumbria is the size of six Wembley stadiums and it actually is that big that the site itself has its own train station stop. Love that fact. Wow. Thank you, Molly. Lauren? Find a little bit more uh, learning and development specific because that's yeah. my area. <laughs> so um, as I said earlier, as part of education and skills, we look after all early careers at Sellafield and we had a total... Uh, and we have around 800 degree apprentices, graduate students and apprentices currently on some kind of programme at Sellafield, which equates to around 7% of our, of our workforce population. And that doesn't take into account people doing further education and higher education. So just to kind of emphasise that, that we are very kind of focused on, on our uh, early career recruitment and, and feedstock into our organisation. Yeah, definitely. I bet Molly's met all of those students. <laughs> I bet she's sat there thinking, I know Lauren. Um, so, <laughs> thank you, Lauren. Um, Greg, on to you. Yep, so uh, in 1956, Sellfield opened Calder Hall. Well, the Queen opened it, um, and it was the world's first civil nuclear power plant. And where's Calder, Calder Hall, Greg? Sorry, that's in West Cumbria. That's on our site here. Perfect. Thank you very much. Iona? Um, yeah, so Sellafield hasn't just been a nuclear power plant while it's existed. It's also done a lot of fuel reprocessing. So when the fuel comes out of the power plant, once it's been used, it's not just plain one light element. It's all sorts of things mixed in together. So you've got like plutonium and uranium and some messy fission products that are just left in there. Um, so Sellafield's had the Magnox fuel reprocessing plant. That closed in July, but when it closed, it had reprocessed 55,000 tonnes of Magnox fuel, which is more than half of the volume of that kind of fuel that's been reprocessed anywhere in the world. Wow. wow. Thank you. That is well, wow. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> um, Alfie? A lot. <laughs> yeah, Sellafield is a capital programme of projects worth approximately seven and a half billion over the next 20 years and currently has around 25 projects with a value of over 50 million pounds. Thank you, Alfie. So these facts are amazing. Um, Alex? Um, so Sellafield's site is actually home to one of Europe's most hazardous uh, facilities in uh, Magnox Dwarf Storage Silo. 
Perfect. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, so obviously we're going to we're going to, we should have inspired you already just by hearing those um, top facts about Sellafield. Um, but we're just going to loop back to to Molly quickly, if we can, Molly, um, and just speak about the roles that are currently open to the students to apply for um, on the Grad Cracker Hub. I know Lauren mentioned there's lots and lots of dif disciplines um, that you would recruit into, but specifically to our audience, you know, STEM students, Molly, what what's on offer? So now is probably one of the best times um, to be looking on our vacancy, yeah. looking at what we've got on offer. We are currently live for all STEM backgrounds across graduate schemes, industrial placements and summer placements. Yeah. So just a little bit of background, our summer placements are a 10-week scheme and they would commence over the summer months of 2023. Yeah. Then our industrial placement is a 12-month scheme that is designed to be used as a year in industry or a sandwich year. So it's for current university students to apply and have a year out of uni, getting hands-on experience in one of our STEM um, roles across, whether it, that be across site or the design offices based at Brisley. Yeah. Um, all industrial placements as well will have the chance to be given development objectives at the start of their placement. Mm -hmm. And if they complete those and are successful, like Alex, um, who's on the call today, they may be invited back to join the graduate scheme for the year that they graduate. Yeah. As well, for people that are due to graduate in 2023 or that have graduated in the past three years, we have the graduate schemes on offer. And those are a two-year training programme um, with Lauren and a team that will help you through your training. And they're designed to help you work towards a chartered state status and then potentially be retained to be a full-time Sellafield employee and uh, work on one of our sites whether that be in West Cumbria or in Warrington. Perfect thank you very much Molly. Um, so let's go back to the grads Sophie on to <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks Carla. I was, <laughs> I was expecting that one. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Just so Thank you. Knows, I've got a bit of an itinerary behind the scenes and my word has just completely crashed. So we'll just we'll just we'll just sort this out between us. But Sophie, let's meet everybody. No, it's fine. Um thanks, Carla. Um yeah, it's been really good to get a, a good intro from everybody and cool some cool facts to start us off. But we're gonna find out a little bit more about our graduates that have joined us. Um so Alfie, I'm gonna start with you. Could you tell us a little bit more about your current role at Sellerfield and the team that you work in? Yeah, of course. So I'm a graduate trainee on the Project Management and Controls Graduate Scheme. Uh, I started just over a year ago now, so I'm halfway through the scheme. And I'm currently on a project controls placement, working on a range of projects uh, within Sellafield's sort of Legacy Ponds area. Um, the, the Legacy Ponds represent, I'd say, some of the most complex and difficult decommissioning challenges in the country and probably the world as well. They date mm. back many years to a time when decommissioning wasn't really a, like factored into the the mm. construction and design efforts of these facilities so that's sort of what we're we're up against now and project controls is oriented around utilizing sort of integrated schedule and cost baselines to monitor and control the project so that involves performance reporting measurement of progress and cost to date um, which will be covered within the project baseline and by accurately reporting the project performance to date, forecasts can be produced for a project's upcoming performance, can be used to inform management decisions to mitigate potential, for, uh, potential poor performance and to achieve that better than planned performance. And my team is predominantly made up of people in project control, so planners, cost engineers and so on, 
mm-hmm. but you find yourself frequently engaging with stakeholders from across the wider project team just to bring you information that you can plug into your uh, schedules and your baselines and so on. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you, Alfie. And um, with your degree that you did, um, the planning and construction project management, um, did you have a lot of experience in this area before you joined or have you had to learn a lot on the job? Uh, it, it's kind of been a bit of a mix, really. So when you're looking at something like construction project management, you will be you know, doing your typical sort of project controls around sort of how you're going to fund a project and how you're going to control the spend on it, how you're going to schedule it. So making up Gantt charts in Excel and so on. But it's, it's a very different beast when you get out of university and into the working world. You know, it's, mm. uh, it's a lot more full on. But yeah. I say that so far, the, the point of the graduate scheme is that you're, you're not just left on your own to sort of yeah. sink or swim. You know, yeah. you're given real responsibility, but you're also given the training that you need to get to grips with different pieces of software and how you actually then apply it to something that's real and actually happening out on site. Fantastic. And just one more question for you. I know I've gone slightly <laughs> off topic. Um, going from a construction project management background, what kind of led you into nuclear? That, that to me isn't always a natural progression. Yeah, no, I understand <laughs> that. So when I, was, <laughs> when I was at university doing the construction project management master's, I just found myself really getting into kind of like heavy engineering, uh, mm-hmm. sort of capital works, infrastructure, things like that. So okay. I was subscribe to magazines reading about you know uh, different projects that are going on around the country whether they're rail road energy and so on and then when I was doing my research and looking on grad cracker for a graduate scheme once I finished my degree I came across Sellafield and after reading about the works that were going on um, it, it definitely appealed because mm-hmm. yeah we've got a lot more of the science side of uh, Sellafield which I probably don't come into contact as much at the minute so that's around fuel reprocessing and so on. But there is demolition works. There is new build going on on site to further support the mission over the next 100 years. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like a, a really good place to go for mm-hmm. someone who's interested in becoming a, uh, a project professional. So that's yeah. what sort of sucked me in. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's a really good point as well. The reason I wanted to delve into it is because it is one of those things that just because you're studying a certain type of degree, there's so many options out there yeah. for you. Um, and to keep your options so open, because yeah, construction nuclear isn't, you know, everybody's kind of next step or it doesn't, nobody, a lot of people won't think about it going into that route. But actually, there's a lot of opportunities there um, for a range of different backgrounds. So that's kind of why I wanted to touch upon that really quickly, Alfie. Um, Iona, I'm going to come over to you next. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about what you do at Sellafield and what team you're working in? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm working in the radiometrics team, which is sort of made up of physicists and engineers and a couple of mathematicians. Okay. Um, we kind of take measurements and then do modelling and like analyse the measurements to try and work out the radiological content of, it could be like a building or it could be down to even just like a small object. So it's working out how radioactive it is, but also where the radioactivity is in that and like exactly what kind of radioactive it is, like whether it's gamma or alpha, that kind of thing. Wow. 
I mean, that just went completely over my head. <laughs> but I know there's going to be so many people watching this that will be thinking, OK, that's exactly what I want to do. And I, it's an area that I'm really interested in. So thank you, Iona. We are going to find out a little bit more about some of the key projects that you've worked on as well. But I'm going to go over to Greg now to find out a little bit more about you. So can you tell us again um, what role, what your role is and the team that you're working in? Yeah, sure. So um, at the minute, I'm taking advantage of uh, one of the kind of perks of the grad scheme and I'm on my second secondment, so different to my first. Um, but I am on the Commission in Engineering grad scheme um, mm -hmm. and in my current role as a Commission in Engineer. So at the moment, I'm sort of learning my, my, my bread and butter, really, um, on a really interesting project. Um, within the team, we sort of, um, we take... Um, take new assets and uh, new plant equipment um, and we author test documents and execute the test documents to make sure that it's meeting standard and it's doing exactly what it was designed to do mm -hmm. so it's a, a lot of a lot of, of on-site testing and experimenting yeah okay, fantastic again not something I would have thought that you'd be doing on mm -hmm. a nuclear site but you know <laughs> we're learning aren't we um, and then Alex I'm going to come to you finally tell us more about what you do and the team that you work in yeah, so I'm part of the civil and structural engineering team um, in MSSS, which is the facility that I mentioned earlier. So it's the Magnox Wharf Storage Silo. Okay. Um, and like Alfie said, these facilities were built and designed in like the 60s and 70s um, without decommissioning in mind. Um, so it's, it's an incredibly complex um, problem. Um, and our main aim at the minute is just to retrieve the waste pretty much. Um, so we've got these 400 ton machines retrieving waste um, so part of the structures team, um, we're currently designing rails that these 400-ton machines are going to sit on. Um, so you can imagine they're, they're quite large. They've got a lot of, a lot of lateral loading as well as, as vertical. Um, and on top of that, I'm also producing substantiation calculations um, for the internal walls of the silos of the, of the compartments um, because the aim is, you know, take the waste out and you know, different points. There's going to be differential waste and liquor pressures on these internal walls, um, which is quite fun because the drawings that I'm looking at, you know, we're, we're drawn in like the 60s and 70s. <laughs> so you're looking at inches and feet and stuff. So it's always, it's mm -hmm. always fun looking at them. Um, and yeah. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so I think we've just learned about there's four different graduate schemes, four different backgrounds, four different areas that everyone's working in. So what I'm going to do now is kind of delve into some of the key projects that everyone's worked on to find out a little bit more about what everyone's up to on, on more of a day to day basis. So I'm going to start with you, Iona, because your role just it sounds so fascinating and completely over my head. But I also just really want to find out a little bit more about what you've been doing so far and some of the some of the favorite projects that you've been involved in so far at Sellafield. Yeah, so the big project I'm working on at the minute is kind of like my own investigation, but I've got control over where it goes. Oh. Um, and what I've been given is what we're doing currently, which is... Okay, go back to the beginning. There's <laughs> <laughs> a plant where there's some tanks, and these tanks used to have liquid going through them, yeah. and there would be some evaporation going on. So all of these processes are happening, really interesting chemistry in there. But now the tanks aren't being used and we want to leave them nice and clean so that when people come to them like in a few decades time and are ready to take them apart, you've not left like a load of hazards there. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, so what they do is they wash them through with like more liquid, nice clean water or something. Um, but they don't know, they don't have like a way of measuring 
how much is left in there or whether there's like stuff that's crystallized at the bottom okay. and you can't get anything in there to like sample it there's only one hole in the corner of the room that the tank is in that you can like stick a stick down through yeah. with your measuring equipment on the end so you can take measurements from one corner of the room and you want to know what's inside mm -hmm. um but that's where you get the mathematicians in and you can use algorithms to like triangulate between them and build up this whole picture of what's inside it's really cool um oh. it does work which is the exciting part yeah but at the minute the algorithm we're using it's the one that they use in similar stuff in like um nuclear medicine like when you're imaging someone's brain okay. um but we're not sure if it's the best one or if we should be using something else or using it slightly differently um so i'm like playing around like coding stuff in python um doing all these like simulations and things to try and see if we can make it better um yes yeah, so that's my favorite project Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing um how I, you might not be able to answer this or, to, or tell us like the the real intricacies intricacies of everything but if you're looking at a tank and you are trying to find out if anything's left inside if it's crystals things like that how can you do that using an algorithm how how does that pick up like these minute disparities that might be left behind um yeah it's really it's weird like it's basically all based on the fact that some parts are going to be more radioactive um, right so if stuff is crystallized we know that's probably going to be hopefully the stuff that's more radioactive mm -hmm. so it's going to show up more so uh, you yeah. have something called the dose which is like how much radiation you would receive in a certain place and it's kind of like if you imagine like say if you imagine you've got a bin mm -hmm. and you're stood in one place in the room and you can smell where that bin is coming from by moving about a bit you know well like if I stand here it's a bit more smelly and yeah. it's kind of like that, but with radioactivity. So you're okay. like taking measurements in different places and saying, well, it, it's a bit stronger here. So it's probably more coming from this place and it all kind of adds up from back there. Yeah. Um, and you build up the, like this whole matrix of it. Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah. then what happens from then on, Iona? Do, you, do your results go to a different team then to go in and investigate further and then try and get rid of the waste? Yeah, so it's the strategy team that we then pass this back to. So we're working with that plant. They wash it out. Um, we take the measurements, work out with the algorithms where how much we think is left. Yeah. And then we tell them and they get to decide based on that whether they're going to keep washing it out or like stop and do it more or less. And then does it come then, back to you? Are you going to ask that? Does it come back to you then <laughs> to say, right, it's all, all, all clean now? Do you have to do your algorithms all over again? Yeah, it keeps going around in circles. Yeah, yeah. until you're happy wow. that the level is completely safe yeah excellent and um one of the things you mentioned as well whilst you're um, explaining how how the project's working is that you are doing some coding in python at the moment now obviously you did a maths degree at university so did you do any coding at university or is that something that you've purely been learning whilst you've been at sellafield i did some at university um i did like a bit but not in python and okay. then I'd done like a tiny bit of Python in my dissertation, but it was all kind of, I taught myself it. Mm -hmm. um, so now I've learned some more for this. Um, yeah. And there's also a couple of things like there's forums and things at Sellafield for people that like certain things. So say if you're very into coding and analysis and stuff, there are forums where people will talk about what they've done. So it's kind of a case of people sharing what they've learned and what's yeah. worked yeah. well. So I've kind of picked it up as I've gone along. So you've been supported to kind of get that skill whilst you've been doing this project. Yeah. That's brilliant. 
Um, I think that's always really nice to hear, isn't it? You know, that you're picking up new skills all the way through the programme. I know that's obviously Lauren's um, really involved in the training development of, of all the graduates. But I think this is always something that's really nice to pick up on, that just because you don't have a skill doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to be supported to learn something new if you need it for a certain project or if you have the initiative to go out and want to learn something new that's going to be beneficial to both your career progression and the business. Generally, you will be supported in doing so um, at a lot of organisations and definitely, obviously, at Sellafield as well um so thank you Iona um that was really insightful really great to hear I'm going to come to you now Greg to find out a little bit more about one of your favorite projects and what you've been doing so far yeah so my, my first project um was a nice new shiny new building um oh. and that that was that was good to get us to get us going I worked on the pre-operation side of things and we're looking um at designing maintenance maintenance regimes for some of the mechanical components and plant specifically um the the process pumps but mm -hmm. the current project i'm on is um looking at uh, one of the legacy facilities so this was built alongside calder hall to sort of um and the pile reactors um when we were back producing plutonium and um, it was used as sort of kind of six large kind of essentially well shielded grain silos Okay. Um, and they were they were designed to be sort of dumped into um, just various um, kind of contaminated waste, um, but with the the thought of never having to retrieve again. Mm. But mm. we now have to retrieve. We have yeah. to get the waste out of there. Um, so we're now doing. Um, uh, we're now working to commission the plant and the equipment to start retrievals. Um, so I've been working quite closely with. Um, one of the kind of it's called the upstream sorry the downstream facilities mm -hmm. that provides um some of the equipment to the plant uh, and i've been working a lot on the commission in their crane and their lifting operations and equipment mm -hmm. so looking at kind of load testing um looking at sort of as well as some things you don't think about is like the human factor side of it as well so how mm -hmm. do you make sure that you know, we can deploy the right people at the right time in the right places to make sure that we can safely operate our equipment. Yeah. Um, so that's been really a really interesting aspect that I never really thought I'd um, I'd get my hands on. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, I mean, I imagine you must have to have really highly specialised machinery and equipment to be able to to remove some of this waste that's that's been there for so many years. And um, how do you know sort of how to approach what machinery you're gonna you're gonna need? Is that um, all led by your particular team, or are there other teams involved in that? So that's more kind of heavily looked at sort of the optioneering side of things, but there'll be a kind of um, a collaboration of multiple teams, you know, from mm -hmm. um, you know from the, the design side of things to even procurement as well. Yeah. Um, commissioning does come in quite uh does co collaborate quite closely with design and something we call commissionability mm -hmm. um design like to make things as amazing and complicated and as well <laughs> designed and tricky as possible um, but sometimes that's not always the best solution and where commissioning mm -hmm. comes in it can determine your how well no matter how well something is designed and how fantastic it operates is it practical mm -hmm. for us to test um, and maintain so yeah we come in especially in commission we can come in quite early in in the design process as well mm -hmm. 
And how long have you been working on this particular project so far? Uh, so I've been on it for six months. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm just coming to the end of it. I've I've really, uh, really enjoyed my time. Um, yeah. On this pro- so I should have meant I should have mentioned the name of it. It's PFCS, the Pale Fuel Cladding Silo. Um, but I'm actually about to start a really uh, a new interest in placement, which is more based on kind of practical engineering skills, mm-hmm. um, which is something that um, kind of one of the reasons that I actually look to join the the Selfield Graduate Scheme. Brilliant. And how do how are those kind of rotations um, decided then, Greg? Um, why how come you go into that particular area next? Is that because you've said, "Oh, I'm really interested in this side," um, or is it kind of all planned out before you arrive? Or how do, how does the rotation element of the scheme work? Yeah, so I think every every um, every capability and every graduate scheme is a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Some are predetermined. Um, and they have a little bit more uh, control on where they'd like to go, and it's basically to um, to help you build up your com- uh, your competencies and make you a, a well-rounded professional or engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself and commissioning, we get quite a bit of autonomy to move about, which it's I personally quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for understanding, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses lie. Um, it's always good to move into a different role where potentially you need to improve in certain aspects of of your professionalism and your career development yeah because it gives you the chance to obviously develop them um but in in honesty sometimes the best thing is to is to go somewhere that really interests you which Mm, is um sort of what what I've done here this is a very interesting exciting project and um I knew that you know because I was a commissioning engineer going into commissioning role Mm -hmm. um I'd be able to uh really develop my kind of core competencies for for my own capability brilliant and then after you've done your next sort of placement will you have another six-month placement after that and will that then be the end of the scheme so you've got two more placements to complete yeah so really the the way that my scheme is sort of structured is kind of four six-month placements Mm -hmm. um with a, a sort of block in in between all of that where we do some practical workshop skills yeah um, so my next placement after this will start after Christmas where I'm working a more central team and look, looking to move into event systems team, looking at kind of HVAC. Um, and then after that, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to move to an external um, contractor that works really closely with Sellfield to do a design placement. Fantastic. We're going to come back to you a little bit more on that in a, in a little while to find some more details about um, what the future is going to be like. But um, that was really interesting to see what you've done so far, the projects and, and everything that you've been involved in as well. Because I mean, when you sit next to Iona and talk about what, what Iona's been doing mm-hmm. and what you're doing, they're two, two amazing things, but two very, very different things. So I think that's a really good good start to just getting that message out to our audience about that you know the opportunities available and we've still got Alex and Alfie to go so <laughs> Alex I'm going to come to you next um could you tell us about um your favorite project or just some of the the, the key things that you've been involved in so far yeah of course um so my scheme is very similar to Greg's so we do four six-month placements um which is great really it was it was the main um thing for me why, why I kind of chose telephone in the first place um because civil engineering is a very broad subject. You've got geotechnical, um, you've got structural, um, you know, you've got design analysis and stuff like that. So you come out of uni sort of aware of, of each part of civil engineering, but you're not sure. Um, mm. You might not be sure which one to actually go down, which discipline within civil engineering to go down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, this this scheme really gives you an opportunity to, you know, give give each bit a go. Um, so it's like you can do a geotechnical placement, um, you can be on new builds, you can be part of a structural team, um, etc. Um, so my first placement was completely different to what I'm doing now. It was um, it was a nuclear new build new build. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was part of the structures team designing an intermediate level waste storage facility. Um, so it's basically a massive steel portal frame with two um, concrete vaults, which is where all these um, you know storage drums are going to be stored. Um, and I was working with Jacob's employees, um, uh, you know, under under one team. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so on top of that, on top of the design work that I was doing, I also chaired some system requirements meetings, um, where basically you have you have these systems. For example, the building envelope, which would be the cladding. Um, or you know the foundations or um, the steelwork. So those those are those are all systems in themselves. And you sit down with all the stakeholders and you discuss what requirements um, should be written under each system. Um, mm-hmm. So it gave me an opportunity to um, communicate with pretty much everyone in the design mm-hmm. team. Really, I'm not I'm not just stuck in the civil engineering team. Um, I'm talking to electrical engineers, talking to architects, um, talking to mechanical engineers, and yeah, I'd say that was, it was a really good learning experience to me. Um, and probably like the most enjoyable part of, you know, being part of that project. Fantastic. And um, I think that's a really nice thing that you've touched upon there, Alex. It's it's the communication skills as well. You know, we're talking more soft skills here, aren't we? Around, um, you know, working with a range of different people. And you mentioned that you're working with um, some external companies as well, which is obviously a great opportunity too. not just working with internal people and um, internal employees, but also working with with external. Um, but I do think it's one of those things that often is underestimated during a graduate scheme, how important the soft skills are and how supported generally those are by, by employers as well, and obviously at Sellafield as well. So I think that's nice to touch upon um, how, how that's kind of supported and helping you grow as well at the, the organisation, as well as the technical side of things, which obviously is incredibly important. Um, whilst I've got you, Alex, um, I want to just briefly touch upon your experience as a year in industry returning to Sellafield and what that process looked like. So you did your year in industry, obviously loved it, otherwise you wouldn't be back where you are. Um, uh, What did that kind of um, finish look like? So you were finishing up your industrial placement and then you were offered a graduate position straight away. Um, How did that process work to return? Um, So to get the placement scheme in the first place, I had to go through... um, you know, the normal like assessment process. So I had mm-hmm. an interview, um, had to produce a cover letter and CV and stuff. Um, and then you go through the placement scheme. And once you get to the end of that, you have an interview with your senior coordinator. Um, and then basically two months um, after your scheme finishes, you get an email, um, hopefully saying that, you know, you're, you're accepted onto the graduate scheme or here's an opportunity to join the graduate scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it was a lot more straightforward than a lot of my peers because they were, you know, on top of trying to write dissertations and trying mm-hmm. to do six modules at once. Um, they were trying to look for jobs at the same time. Whereas um, I've been given the offer, I think in October it was. So yeah, it was, yeah, I'd say fairly straightforward. Yeah. Um, in the that end. must have been so lovely when you got that email. I bet you were absolutely <laughs> buzzing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great actually. Chris, <laughs> yeah. 
no that's um that's brilliant I mean that is you know that's a really key reason to do a year in industry placement to return as a graduate and like you said you know with all your friends at university who are stressing about doing their dissertations and all their final year projects and work and you were sat there thinking oh yeah I've got a job I'm, I'm all right <laughs> <laughs> because you've done that <laughs> Um, but no, that, that's, that's really great to hear. So yeah, obviously it's a fantastic opportunity to join Sellafield on their industrial placement scheme. And then you've got the op- opportunity to then return as a graduate. So there's two wins there. Um, so thank you so much, Alex. Um, Alfie, I'm going to come over to you next to find out a little bit more about um, your favourite projects. Right, yeah. So my first placement at Sellafield saw me working within the project team, delivering the demolition of the pile one chimney. Um, which is a chimney on top of the old pile reactor building, approximately 120, 130 metres tall. And it remains contaminated to this day following the windscale fire in 1957. Um, So the the structure is you've got the chimney, which is sort of a typical chimney shape. And then on the top had a rather sort of bulbous section, which uh, was called the diffuser and the filter gallery. So where uh, there was filters in place to sort of filter out any other smoke coming through. Um, when I was on placement at the chimney, it was just about this time a year ago, they were final, like finishing up the uh, removal of the diffuser section, which was a very big job because, um, so you've got 226 blocks have been removed from the top of this chimney. Um, average weight, so they range between two and nine tonnes per block so the total weight of sort of concrete and rebar and so on removed from the top of the chimney was 1,232 tonnes. So um, it all had to be cut up in situ at the top of this chimney and then lowered to ground via a crane. So when you say demolition, a lot of people think wrecking balls. Yeah. Like That's what that. I was just but, thinking, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> blow it up. <laughs> Due to a lot of the, the challenges around the contamination of the chimney and its location, um, those sort of more brutalistic methods of demolition aren't really, yeah, they're, they're not possible. Yeah. So Sellafield's having to use these really bespoke, precise and innovative, innovative uh, demolition methods to remove the blocks of the chimney in a safe and sort of effective manner whilst mm-hmm. working within the constraints that we've got. Um, so it, it was really good to be involved in a project like that because if you've ever seen a picture of Sellafield site, mm-hmm. the chimney is, I'd say, one of the most visible sort of iconic uh, yeah. structures on the on the site. So going to work every day and, you know, the days when I was in the office and walking sort of past that structure, you know, 130 metres tall, it was uh, something special to see that the work that you're doing as a graduate is actually contributing towards something much bigger than what you might expect, you know, um, you think as a grad, you might sort of get told, oh, go and uh, write this document. It's not that important, so don't worry if you make a mistake. Um, yeah. The stuff I was working on was seeing this really iconic structure being removed from the Sellafield skyline forever. So to me, that's probably one of the most special projects I've had the chance to work on so far. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think that's such a nice point to make as well. You know, you were actually physically able to see exactly what the, the fruits of your labor if you like yeah. um and I think that's really nice and I think it's it's obviously a common theme at Sellafield I mean everybody that's spoken so far Greg Iona Alex or everything that you've been doing has got a real impact and you've only been with the business for a year 
Um, and you, you know, you're really heavily involved in some really complex, important projects already at this early stage in your career. So that's been really fascinating to hear just about just one of the projects that you've all been involved in so far. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to kind of come back to you. I'll stick with you, Alfie, just to see what the future holds for, for you at Sellafield and what, what you are planning to do next. And then longer term, if you can give us a, an ideal where you'll be in a few years time. Yeah, of course. So the future sort of short term for the duration of the rest of the grad scheme, is going to see me finishing out my current placement in project controls for legacy ponds. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll move on in about April time to a currently undetermined fourth placement, which will sort of wrap up my uh, two years at Sellafield. Mm-hmm. I'll go through sort of all the typical, you know, appraisals and uh, so on. How, how, have I, how have I progressed over the graduate scheme? And I, I hope to sort of stop on afterwards. And over the sort of next few years, I can see myself moving into a full time project management role at Sellafield. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully getting back to work on one of the projects that you know I've uh, that I've already covered across some of my placements. So I've got a few favourites, as I might be obvious. Um, but it's the, the goal is to stop at Sellafield because I think first of all, as someone who's interested in pursuing chartership with the APM, the Association for Project Management, um, where else is going to give you exposure to as diverse, complex, and challenging a portfolio of projects at Sellafield mm-hmm. um no nowhere really it's you've especially as um as was mentioned earlier it's all one site so you've got so much going on in a space of what was it six Wembley stadiums it's <laughs> it's big but it's also small at the same time to have that yeah. much work going on in one place um so yeah that, that's sort of what I see happening for me getting my um chartered project professional status through the APM and building that up with Sellafield Fantastic. And just to touch upon that, Alfie, um, uh, you'll be supported by Sellafield to re- re- to achieve that charter- chartership status. Yeah, of course. There's a very sort of well-defined career pathway for project yeah. management. So um, we, like Alex was saying, you've got, uh, Alex and Greg were saying, you've got different competencies which you need to sort of hit over your two years. Uh, that's how placements are determined, where you're going to get sent and how you're going to tick off these competencies. And they align very closely with the uh, chartership. Uh, process it, it's much more focused around sort of the experiences you build um, over your actual career so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so I feel like it gives you the support on that brilliant thank you Alfie um, Iona coming over to you um, when you over the next sort of six months 12 months and then beyond what's what's your plan for the future at Sellafield um, so in a couple of months time I'm going to go on succumbent to strategy Um, So there's like the main strategy department at Sellafield, which is not, I think most of the people there won't be anything like, like won't have come through a math route or anything. But the part I'm going into is looking at machine learning and using that to apply it to strategy. So things aren't so much decided by human bias and things that can be like more like decided in a fairer way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to be using that. And then when I get back, I've got a couple of courses lined up at Liverpool Uni. So they're like more practical because when you join the graduate scheme, you do a bit of like nuclear industry and nuclear like science learning Mm -hmm. as part of the graduate scheme. But these are like more practical courses and a bit more in depth. Um, And then long term, I'd quite like to see if I can bring more machine learning into what I'm doing, like when I go back to radiometrics. 
um, yeah, and just see where else it can be applied really. Fantastic. Thank you, Ariana. It's big plans for the future, changing, changing everything at Sellafield with machine learning. <laughs> um, and then Alex, um, over to you, what does the future look like for you? Uh, yeah, so short term, um, I'll be moving to the analysis department um, in a few weeks, actually. Um, that's looking at supporting other new build projects um, on site. Um, so I'll be looking at the seismic analysis of one of these new builds. Um, because one of the things you've got to design for on Sellafield site is actually seismic, um, so like earthquakes, basically, mm-hmm. um, which you don't get an opportunity to, to, to design for in, elsewhere in, in the UK. Because um, obviously the, the mm-hmm. earthquakes that we've, we experience aren't that great in magnitude. Um, yeah. When it comes to nuclear safety, you know, you've got to think about the consequences of, you know, what, what if a one in 500 year earthquake does actually happen? You know, what, what are yeah. the consequences of that? Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, I think it's it's a bit more technical than what I've been doing previously um, and a bit of coding as well. So I'll, I'll get the opportunity to, to learn how to code. Um, you spend the first month basically getting taught um, how to use the software and stuff. So yeah, it'll be another skill to, to add to the list. Fantastic. And then when you complete the programme, what's the plan there? Yeah, so, so plan is to, to continue on with Sellafields um, and hopefully get chartered. Mm-hmm. which should take about uh, three or four years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, basically the main reason why I, why I want to stay with Sellafield, um, definitely up until Chartership, is because they do have quite a good support programme for it. Um, you're assigned a mentor who's either just gone through um, their Chartership programme or, you know, they, they've been responsible engineers for a certain amount of time. Yep. So yeah, the, the support programme for Chartership is really good, especially for you know, the engineering side of things. Fantastic. Thank you, Alex. And finally, Greg, coming back to you, I know we've heard about your journey on the on the rest of the graduate programme, but what's the plan for after then? Yeah, I think just much similar to, to the rest of the guys, it's just continuing with my professional development, um, mm-hmm. you know, striving for, for, for chartership mm-hmm. um, and just to to kind of ha- to hang on Sellfield and, and and go with it because again like a, a probably you can probably tell some of the projects are very exciting yeah. I would like to see see the opportunity to go back and um as a bit more of a, a senior team member and, and and take charge of some of that commissioning work that's that's been done Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. Um, I'm going to hand over to Carla again now to come back to hear about some hints and tips. But I think we've we've we found out now about all the different things that graduates and undergraduates can do at, at Sellafield. And now we're going to Carla's going to tell us about how you can be successful in their applications. Absolutely. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, everybody else. Um, but before that, I kind of I've got to grips with, you know, Sellafield, what you do, your current roles at Sellafield. But can we just kind of touch on um, extracurricular things that you might get up to so for example any networking groups that you're part of and um, you know sports sporting activities things like that um, and Greg I'm going to come back to you because you're my first on my screen so anything <laughs> outside of the um, you know the day job that you might be involved in yeah I've been picked on here um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah I was as I was you know I was brought up just outside of Glasgow lived in yeah. Edinburgh for for five years so I was very much a, a city boy um but moving to West Cumbria is 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 very different and you know there's no hiding that it's, it can be an adjustment for some people but the graduate community that we've got here is is brilliant you're, you're well looked after by you know your peers who are ultimately 
or to meet your your friends as well. Um, you know, there's always there's always stuff going on planned by the yeah. the graduate council, um, socials and uh, fundraisers and whatnot. But mm-hmm. outside of it, there's there's plenty to do. Myself, when I moved here, um, I joined one of the one of the local rugby clubs. So I'm, you know, I'm, that's a a really good social network for myself mm-hmm. and then like they said with professional institutes as well as there's a, a great representation for from all institutes I, myself I'm um, Institute Mechanical Engineering so I was recently at a talk with um with Rolls-Royce who were chatting about the sort of the future of the nuclear industry looking at um you know how Rolls-Royce are impacting nuclear reactors and yeah and whatnot so there's there's such a variety to get involved with and I mean all you need to do is sort of look outside and see you are sort of living in one of the most beautiful parts of the country which yeah. isn't mm. isn't the worst thing in the world <laughs> no it is not I think I, th- I think that's so important isn't it Greg about thinking about your location to have that graduate community you know to have yeah. those separate networking groups as well and um, so sorry for if that was picking on you Um anybody not else Iona Alex Alfie anything that you do kind of outside that you might want to share with the p- people who are watching I was going to say, uh, Greg sort of touched on it. Touched on it there. We've got the graduate council, which is made up of graduates. Um, there's a lot of different functions within that. So, socials, fundraising, STEM and education, so social impact things like that. Um, I've been acting as the one of the social secretaries for Site since about the start of this year. Um, we've had some good social events. Just, just to pick a few, um, we've had go-karting, say like forest segwaying, so on off-road segways, which was good fun. We had a crazy charity bingo event just back in August, uh, sorry, start of September rather. Um, things like trips down to Manchester. It, it's, it's, it's a very strong graduate community, I think, because yeah. <clears throat> like Greg was saying, you know, a lot of people have relocated and it's, it's, it's not like living in a big city, but it's, You've, you've also got so much opportunity and you've got the Lake District. You've got mm. a lot of sort of smaller scale things around the area that are really good to get involved in. So I think, yeah, that's probably one of the really good things about the graduate scheme, I think, is that you've got this graduate council that really kind of ties everyone together and pulls some good events together. There's good support around chartership. Um, you know, we've, we've got a WhatsApp group with about... 70 odd of us in if anyone's got a question it goes in 30 seconds later an answer comes out so that's that's a really strong point I think Yeah. yeah Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, where your location is as well, you're not too far away from, from the cities. Um, I used to like nightlife and things like that. So there the, is the perfect balance, the peace and quiet and the community full distance to, to um, more livelier venues, should we say. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you, Alfie, for that. Um, Lauren, I'm going to come back to you. So the grads have mentioned lots of training and development activities. So for example, you know, forums, workshops, Chartership is something that's huge um, at Sellafield. Is there anything that you want to touch on um, that you want to mention as part of the webinar? You know, you've been responsible for training and development. Yeah, I think just first, just to reiterate kind of what Alfie was saying and, and Greg around the Graduate Council, it is a really established group of individuals uh, yeah. that we utilise as a graduate development team too. So it's it, it, they are an acknowledged council within the organisation that 
support us with many events as well so there's a really good from an extracurricular perspective development yeah. opportunities through then uh, and as part of, of, of that role um, all new recruits will get assigned a graduate buddy who is mm -hmm. from the earlier intake so just to help with that transition from university um, to work and life as well so all graduates mm -hmm. get that as a support network for them too and that's through the graduate council so just to, to, to touch on that yeah. in relation to the uh, learning and development milestone scheme um, of the graduate scheme that is um, there's three main elements so there's, there's the behavioural side uh, and that's a lot more to do with our team so we have a structured syllabus that all graduates will go through as part of their scheme and the main aim of that is around um, behavioural development personal development uh, we, we spoke earlier around some of the softer skills so yeah. communication self-awareness uh, and also understanding where you fit within a team and how you can effectively communicate with different people that may have a different um, way of viewing the world and that's all, not only self-awareness but how you can translate that into the workplace there's a bit of um, stuff that we do around that both um, supportive sessions as well as we do outward bound so it's a bit more like experiential learning so there's a good mix of both um, I don't want to use the term courses because they're not necessarily courses but like events as well as yeah. um kind of as I say like going out and experiencing something out of bounds is just something completely different um and to, to, like a safe environment to test some of the leadership skills and mm -hmm. things so we have yeah, the behavioral side um then there's the business context side so that is around inducting and welcoming to the company and uh, we, we do something called the game program which is graduate awareness in nuclear uh, so you, all graduates actually all early careers undertake part of that program but this is graduate specific uh, mm -hmm. and it really is that basis of understanding of the nuclear industry um, and um, kind of the different you, you, all graduates undertake qualification in that there's also some guest lectures and things that go alongside it so that's just to ensure that there's a base of, basis of understanding of, of the nuclear industry uh, and then obviously you've got on the job learning as well uh, plant tours uh, there's loads and loads of different business contexts that, 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 that there's an opportunity to get involved in um, and then finally there's the technical element of the roles and, and the scheme and that primarily is around um, the placements that have already been kind of touched on on the job experience and really embrace and delivery with some meaningful work which I hope has been kind of articulated by, yeah. by some of the grads and mm -hmm. um, it does vary pathway to pathway um, so there's one graduate scheme uh, there's different pathways within so you've already heard from like a commissioning perspective project management perspective uh, technical so there's different pathways that form part of the graduate scheme um but and, and you'll do placements around them yeah. um with the ultimate aim of becoming chartered that the intention of a two-year scheme is to set you on the right track to become chartered with all the support network around you yeah. and some of the the main um kind of bodies we're accredited through is like ICME, IMACE, IET. So we've there's an acknowledged, it's an acknowledged scheme to provide you with the behavioural development that you yeah. require to, to go on to chartership. So it's not just something we've kind of yeah. made up, it's established <laughs> and you know yeah. we've, we've got them links in with, with these with these communities um yeah that acknowledge it uh, as as a as a useful um a, a useful part of, of individuals development. Yeah. Um yeah there's 
so much more <laughs> to come that I could talk, I could talk about it for, for a long time, but I won't. Um, but yeah, it, it's a really, really established programme that we, that we aim to give you all the kind of basis level of skills to kind of go on and succeed after, after the scheme. I love that, Lauren, and I love the fact that it's all set out from the beginning as well. Mm. You know, your plan is when you get the grads in to take them through chairship and allow them to achieve chairship through the, the different rotations and things like that. I know that, um, you know, nurturing young talent is something that Sellafield is really passionate about. So thank you very much, um, Lauren, for, for that um, section. So Molly. OK, you've, we're going to end with you. So we've definitely inspired students to apply to your positions Um they go to Grad Cracker, they find the perfect position for them, they apply. Take us then through that process. What can they expect? Yep. So the Grad Cracker website will send you back through to our website to apply through our live portal. Yeah. And said earlier, it is live for all schemes at the moment. Yeah. Now, some of our graduate schemes are due to close on Sunday. So if you are interested after today's session, it is worth going on and working on your application over the weekend. But what will happen is you'll submit your application and then myself and my colleagues in the recruitment team will just scan through to check you are eligible to apply for whichever scheme you've applied for. And if you are, send you through for what we call a profession CV review, where the person, an employee from Sellafield from the area will check through your CV and your application and decide whether they'd like to take you on to the next stage. So after that next stage, if you are successful, we'll send you an aptitude test. You need to complete and pass the aptitude test. And then if you, if you do, you'll go on to the first video interview stage. Mm -hmm. So the first interview is a 45-minute behavioural-themed interview um, over Teams. So it doesn't matter where you are. You could be anywhere in the world. You can join that, you can join that video interview. Mm -hmm. And it's a one-on-one -on -one interview with someone from that profession. And they will decide following that interview whether they'd like to carry you on to the next stage so the final stage for the graduate recruitment is a virtual assessment center similar to today's setup we'll all join together and um, whether it be on teams um, rather than zoom but we'll join together and you'll sit through a series of activities it's a half day event from about 8 a.m um, until about 1 p.m but you get a load of guidance beforehand as well and um, so yeah. you're all well for the day is, is that now, Sorry, go on. I was going to think we would have said something. You go, Molly. <laughs> yeah, so following that is the final stage. So following yeah. that, if you are successful, you will receive a conditional offer from the recruitment team. Now, this we call all offers conditional offers because you do need to achieve security clearance and medical clearance and also do one um, or above in your degree before we can make that permanent offer. <laughs> That's for the graduates. It's a slightly simpler process if you're applying for an industrial or a summer placement scheme you still need to apply and um, you go through to cv review but it is just the one video interview that will determine whether you're accepted onto the scheme so no assessment centers for you you'll just do one video interview and then if you're successful we'll issue a conditional offer Fantastic. That's what I was going to ask you about the internship process. Um, <laughs> so, so you got there before me. So um, Molly, any hints and tips then for students? How can they get ahead? Yeah, I think what we're finding this year, the biggest tip we will give, you know, we understand you're applying for other companies, you're applying for lots of different opportunities, but have a research into Sellafield and really tailor your application to our schemes that we've got on offer. 
what we are finding is the people that aren't making it through to interview stage are the people that are submitting really generic applications and yeah. um, it could just copy and paste um, from one company to the next so do your research go onto our website um, you could have been inspired by one of the graduates that we've got on now yeah. but each profession area has a section on our website where you can read through um, each I'm just checking I've not frozen sorry yeah, but- <laughs> um, check through each different activity uh, sorry profession area and you can decide from there where you would like to apply yeah Um. so you might have done some work at university or you might have some real life work experience um, and you can decide which scheme you'd like to apply for. Oh. I think Molly has frozen now. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Molly was going to end in just saying, just to finish off that section, it's all about doing your research. Um, as Molly mentioned, there's lots and lots of information out there. Go onto the Sellerfield Hub on Gradcracker. You know, there's um, employee profiles on there. There's video profiles. And then obviously this webinar. Um, so just to finish off, this webinar will be live this afternoon. So if you want to re-watch, um, you can do, or it's broken into bite-sized chunks, um, which will be live on Gradcracker tomorrow. Um, mention the webinar as part of the application process. You know, you'll be meeting Molly after you've been successful, you'd be meeting Lauren. Um, so make sure you mention us and um, make them feel famous, which they obviously are. Hi, Molly. I've just finished off your bit. I think I knew what you were going to say about doing your research. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, make sure you do your research, tailor your application. That's absolutely pivotal um, to being successful. Um, so, yes, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. It's been really, really insightful. Um, I'm guessing the graduates have inspired everybody who's watching to be part of Sellafield and the nuclear industry. Next week, we are joined by Siemens. Um, so register your interest to web their webinar today. And thank you very much, Sellafield, for joining us. Thank Take you. care, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.